Harry Rothenberg is on, and I see Pinchas Coven is on. Harry, you want to uh, say hello to everybody? Hi. How's everyone doing? Okay, good. So oh, we have. Uh, I I'll introduce you to the uh, to the people who've been my regulars in the Chabura. I'm not sure how your screen is, but I'm going to just go by my screen. In my uh, upper left hand corner is Ephraim Reichman, a uh, businessman in Toronto, uh, old old Chavrusa of mine. We were learning we would start learn together when he took a sabbatical many years ago. Um, Josh Eisenberg, who I'm sure you know very well, a neighbor sure. of yours. Uh, there's Yaakov Greif and Pinchas Coven. They are they are partners. Uh, Yaakov was a lawyer in Los Angeles before he made Aliyah. Pinchas actually got his law degree. Um, here. Uh, again, all of these people are our alumni, they're Talmudim who learned by us many years ago. So you have Pinchas Coven, uh, who's a, a, um, a lawyer, mostly labor stuff, but all, ki- all kinds of other things also. And Yaakov Greif is his partner, from El- originally from LA. We have Daniel Zelik uh, from Switzerland, who's actually his Parnos, and that was a tour guide as much as there's still a tour guide business um, after Corona. Um, and David Lerner, who's a, a retired computer uh, Computer programmer. He was our technical. He was our technology uh, uh, person in the yeshiva. Again, all of these guys, all of these people learned by us. Most of them many years ago. Uh, anyway, so um, we'll. I guess the the, the opening salvo, uh, maybe with Pinchas also, is um, I, I, I guess you mentioned to me something about Din al Machusadin, and this did not ring a hundred percent, you know, clear to me. Why, if a person causes damage? To another person, that I'll pee din Torah, he is high of X. But if he goes to secular court, he's going to get five X. Okay, so which is basically all of your cases, all of your personal injury cases, where if it's a Jew against a Jew, if it's a boy, a non-Jew against a non-Jew, we have no problem. But if it's a Jew who damages a Jew, where do you go with that? Where do you go with that? And I want to hear what you have to say and then how Pinchas views it. I should point out one other issue. There is a difference, according to most of the poskim, and it cuts in both directions between a secular court in the United States and a, sec- and a secular court in Israel, which basically has Jewish judges, but doesn't judge Alpidin Torah. Okay, and some want to say that makes it worse based on the Rambam, uh, because of the Chil Hashem, and some want to say it's not as bad because since they're, the Isra is to go as a, one of the we saw it, one of the uh, poskim holds one of the Rishonim calls it an Isra Gavra to judge in front of a non-Jewish judge, okay, and therefore in a secular court in Israel there's no Isra Gavra, um, but the question then is if the Jewish court is going to judge not necessarily Alpi Din Torah. And one of the other things that comes up, if you study the sources carefully, they all talk about bate akum, and and the fact that when you go to a base a, a base din of akum, you're amplifying their avodazara. And I'm not sure how applicable that is today in a secular court in America where there's no religious component um, involved at all. So again, it could be though. There's the issue of simply saying, oh well. HaKadosh Baruch Torah isn't good enough for us to, to help us adjudicate. We have, we're going to go to the non-Jewish court, even though there's no religious aspect of it, there's also a problem. Anyway, this is the, just the big picture issues that we've been talking about. And I'd like to hear, Harry, what you have, how you deal with this problem when you have a Jewish client serving, suing a Jewish victim, a, vic, a Jewish victim serving a, a, a Jew who's responsible for the, for the injury. And I think that we'll, we, I would like to also make a distinction between um, uh, uh, automobile accidents and medical malpractice. 
Okay. Um, let's leave that distinction for last, just to, to frame this um, overall. Um, what I meant by Dina de Malchusadina is that there are, in a sense, rules of the road, and everyone is aware of them, and everyone, by getting behind the wheel of a car, agrees to abide by them. Um, no one can possibly say, I'm talking about in the United States, I can't talk about what happens in other countries, but no one could possibly say, I had no idea. You mean if I rear-end somebody, I, I have to pay damages to their car and, and pay for their medical bills and pay for their past and future pain and suffering? Those are the rules. And we all understand that. In addition, before let me, I... Wait, let me... I'll sure. pee Torah. I'll pee din Torah. That, that's not correct. I'll pee din Torah. The way that a Bayesian will will judge those different types of damages is absolutely different. It's similar. The tort system in the U.S. is is based in large part on the Torah's eye for an eye, which the Rabbanon explained is monetary compensation. But there are certainly differences the way that a secular court will judge Nezek and the way that a, 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 uh, a Bayesian will judge Nezek. But I understand when I get behind the wheel of a car that I'm subject to the rules of the secular court. Dina de Malchusadina is din. It has teeth. And in addition, before I got behind the wheel of that car, I paid insurance premiums. And those insurance premiums were based on very, very experienced actuaries deciding what are the chances that somebody with my risk profile, 56 years old, never had an accident, will get into an accident and it will cause serious harm. Oh, one second, add on my wife, add on my kids. I just added on an 18-year-old. My, my rates skyrocketed, a very, very significant additional premium because they know an 18-year-old boy just got his license, much more likely to get into an accident. So they've calculated not just the risk of an accident, but the risk of having to pay out all these different things. And when I file that lawsuit, that's who I'm going after. I'm not going after the Yid. The Yid is a formality. It's a name. It's a placeholder. It's a, it's a, it's a for all intents and purposes, it's a pseudonym. That would be the best way I can explain it halakhically for the insurance company. I have never, ever, when in my mind, sued a Yid, I've always sued the Yid's insurance company because I've never, I haven't taken a penny from any Yid's personal assets. And the only way that I can get at the insurance company to whom that Yid has paid premiums for this specific purpose to be judged by these rules is to sue the Yid in name only. So that's the overall framework as to why it's allowed because the real Baldavar, the, the Yid is, is can't say to me, you have to go to Bayesden. You know, if I'm your Baldavar, you're not my Baldavar. I have nothing to do with you. I don't even, I don't deal with him. I don't negotiate with him. His lawyers who are hired to represent him very often will refer to their client, not referring to the client, meaning the insurance company. They'll say, oh, I have to go talk to my client. They don't go back and talk to the person who rear-ended. They don't talk to Greenberg who rear-ended Goldberg to say, what do you think we should do? How much should we offer? How should we analyze this? Greenberg who did the rear-ending is sitting back saying, I have no idea what's going on. Are they going to settle this? Is it going to go to trial? I have no clue. The insurance company runs the entire show. They hire the lawyer. They analyze the evidence. They decide if and when and to what degree to offer a, uh, a settlement. I'm gonna, go before I ask Pinchas to <laughs> this and how it may be different in Israel, I, I don't understand one thing. You have, you have Greenberg who damaged Goldberg. Why aren't you starting in Bayesden? Why are you going directly to the secular court and not starting in Bayesden? Because I am not going after the assets of Greenberg and I can't get, I'm going after the insurance company and I can't go after the insurance company in Bayesden. Bayesden is egoist. Bayesden, the, the insurance company will not 
pay attention to, won't appear, and won't listen to what Bazin's going to say. Uh, so, uh, where's Pinchas? I want you to weigh in on this. So, what, what basically what Harry is saying is, we're not suing the guy who caused the damage. We're suing Correct. the insurance company. Okay, so does that like does that reflect how it works in Israel too? Uh, I, I don't think so. First of all, according to the Israeli laws of civil procedure, I don't think it's more. It's not. It's not just a formality that you have to sue the other the other driver. I don't. I don't think that you can get to his insurance company without suing him. Correct. Uh, same, same thing in the U.S. That's right. Okay. So, so wait. So why aren't you start? No. Wait. So then I was. Why aren't you starting in Bayesden and suing Goldberg? And then go from there. So let, let's 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 you imagine gotta a, you got to sue Goldberg first. Okay. Let's imagine a world. Let's imagine a world. Okay. Let's imagine a world where I do that. Okay. I send the Hasmana to Greenberg. Right. Greenberg now is in the biggest tizzy imaginable. What is he supposed to do now? What's he going to do? He calls his insurance company. Hi, I got a Hasmana to Bayesden. You got a what? If I sue him, his insurance company immediately hires a lawyer. It doesn't cost him anything, and that lawyer represents him in the secular court. If I send him a husband to Bayes, then what does he do with that? He has to go hire a tie-in. He has to show up himself. And the Bayes then knows, I'm not going after him. I'm going after his insurance company. Like, what are you doing here? Why, why are you here? What do you want us to do? You want us to make an award against him? You're not trying to collect it from him. We'd be, ta- we'd be, we'd be terrifying him, causing him to, to have to hire a tie-in. Go, having based an issue an award that's not going to mean anything to anyone, what is the purpose of that? Why would Bayesden adjudicate that? If I'm on the court, I'd say to base if I'm on the base, then I'd say, what are you doing here? You don't your your problem isn't with Greenberg. You want Greenberg's insurance company. He paid the premiums so that he'll have a defense. What are you doing here? Pinnacles, any thoughts? Well, I I think that's true. I, I, I... You know, and you also have to remember the terms, the terms of, of your insurance policies with the uh, auto insurance companies. They're very, they're pre- they're pretty. Uh, how to say it? On the one hand, they provide you with immediate um, representation, but there are limitations to that, to that representation. You have to cooperate with the lawyers that are appointed by the insurance company, and the insurance company is really running your case. In other words. You can't choose your lawyer. You can't uh, choose your venue. Uh, you, you, you really have very little control uh, over, um, over, over what's happening with your case. I see that the Yaakov has just joined in, and I would, I would let him, I would bow to him, because based upon his vast experience in the United States, he could better articulate. Yaakov, the, the question that, that you just came in on, is in 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 a, in a in a car accident case. Wait, Yaakov, you have to unmute yourself. I muted you because there was a little background noise. You want to you want to mute? Uh-huh. Yeah, go ahead. You're unmuted. I think I'm unmuted, right? Now you are. Yeah. Yeah. We hear you now. Okay. So, the, the so person... I have two I have two kvetches, which I think are true both in Israel and in the United States. Um, kvetch number one is that that if you if if i go if the defendant goes to based in let's say the defendant signs the borrowed agreement in based in and says yep we're going to decide this agreement in based in most insurance companies i think would then void the policy they'd say because you're going off and trying to settle this case without us and we're not going to pay if you're going to fool around with our with our with your potential liability because we're the ones who have the right to decide 
So that would be a reason not to go to Bezdin in the, in the first place, because if I do take him to Bezdin and then he responds, uh, you know, there's no money for, for me <laughs> if I'm the plaintiff. Except the, one, the other catch I had that I wanted to ask, um, I'm sorry, I was concentrating on the road, so I didn't get, it's Harry is your name? Harry, Harry yes. Nice to meet you. What about the deductible? Because the guy's going to have to, the, the defendant is going to have to pay the deductible. So I am somehow or another making him pay uh, pay money to me, or actually he's going to pay it to the insurance company um, via an extra halachic, um, you know, avenue. There are no deductibles on bodily injury payments in the United States. Well, no, I'm not. In, in bodily injury payments in Israel, there aren't either. What about property? What about you know damage to the car? Yeah. We're talking about th third-party property liability, which, by the way, third-party property liability in Israel is not mandatory. Uh, you know, bodily injury uh, coverage is so that you could easily get into an accident with somebody who doesn't have third-party property coverage. I mean, you still have the I think you still have the Taina that, uh, you know, by getting behind the wheel of a car, you're agreeing to the rules of the road, either from Dina de Malchusadina or from uh, Minaga Sokhrin. But but uh, in terms of the insurance, it might not work as well here because lots of people don't have third party liability insurance for, for uh, property damage. Right, let, let's talk for a minute about property damage, because property damage in, 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 in DIN is, is very different than 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 the, uh, you know, than the replacement of the car. Or, you know, I, I think I, I was talking to my son about this. If you scratch somebody's car. OK, you scratch the car. So tell me here what I mean, in theory. The insurance company pays to paint the paint the door, right? Take off the door, paint the door, etc. Is that not correct? So you're outside my area of expertise. This will sound funny, but it to us, property damage is derech agav. It's not something that we typically get involved in. The client usually handles it himself. Insurance or herself, insurance companies, to their credit, as difficult and as impossible as they are to deal with for bodily injury claims, it's very straightforward property damage claims. Once liability is established, the insurance company sends an adjuster, they assess it, and they and they write a check. Um, I don't remember ever in my career having to to file a lawsuit over property damage claims. It's really just it's derachaga. We would say like uh, you know water off of a off of a duck's back. And I'm not certain at all that the defendant has to pay the deductible. Typically, the deductible is to the damage to your car. I don't I don't know of any deductible when the damage is to someone else's car. Uh, okay. Um, anybody have any? Uh, my, my daughter just had an accident two weeks ago, so I'm kind of up on how this works in Israel. And uh, we do have a deductible on our on both on both the uh, the comprehensive, meaning the damage to my car, mm -hmm. and on the the tzad gimel, meaning the damage that she caused to the other guy. Although I don't think there's ever going to be a lawsuit either in Beisdin or anywhere else because we're we're we refer to each other to our insurance companies, and they're going to hash it out between them. But uh, I am, I, she, me, one of us is going to have to pay the deductible <laughs> for the guy's damages. And, and by the way, her damages are under the deduct deductible on our first party property coverage. So we're going to pay for that too. I would, yeah, yeah. I would think that if the, I'm sorry. No, I, I just want, I want to refocus it a little bit. And this may be out of your area of expertise, but I'm sure you must have talked to your, to the robot that you talked to about this. And that's the kinds of cases that Ephraim and Josh have where there are contractual disputes, uh, you know, real estate disputes, financial disputes, where, you know, Ephraim told me many years ago 
that people who two business two from businessmen are more likely to go to a secular court and agree that they don't want to go to Bayesian because they really don't think that the Bayesian is going to be able to understand the complexities of the case. But we're learning that's really usher. You're not allowed to do that. Right. That, that, that's my point. If it really is usher, then how does Harry and other people who operate in the in the U.S. court system? Uh, address in their own minds uh, dealing with two two Jews who come before a non-Jewish court uh, over a matter that doesn't involve insurance. So there's none of those uh, obvious uh, solutions. This just has to do with contractual issues regarding building a building or buying a building or anything like that. I don't know the answer. Um, for me, um, since I'm my, I, I am running a business, it sounds mercenary, but I do have to consider whether or not there's a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. So if there's no insurance, I'm typically not interested in the case. So it's not my, my world. I'm going after insurance. How your firm colleagues deal with that issue? Um, I don't know. It's a fantastic question. What you, what you would need to do would be to get a commercial litigator. I think that's a, um, a very different question. And I'd be fascinated to hear the answer, but it's just not something that I deal with. Josh, who, who you, you spoke to people about this, didn't you? I mean, what, on what specific question over here? How to... When, when there's a complicated business dispute and mm -hmm. both of you understand that you're going to take this to Bayesden and you're going to be, both of you are going to be running circles around them and their business understanding and expect them to give a psak din, a psak on, on the entire. So I've never heard a good answer on it. Um, what I've heard when I speak with Postgame is not too bad, but th there are certain Bhatti Dinim that are more savvy um, and to try to steer it towards one of those. But obviously, if, um, you know, the, the one who's making the claim, if there's no based in in town, doesn't have the ability to choose the forum, per se, because it's going to be the one who was claimed who does. Um, one of the things that is a little bit confusing, though, is the earlier generation, you know, people... Um, older than myself, seem to be a little bit more trigger happy to go to court. And we're talking about people who are Yuri Shemayim. Mm -hmm. um, but when I speak with, you know, the Dayanim who are talking to little people like me, what I generally hear is that, sorry, can't help you. Well, you know what, Ephraim, what Josh is alluding to is the people of your father's Olova Sholem and your uncle's Olova Sholem, their generation. Mm -hmm. I'm sure, you, what did they do when they had a dispute? They actually rarely went to court. Uh, certainly not with other Jews. I'm if, talking if with other Jews. Well, even with to, but even with non-Jews, they didn't go to court? They, they rarely did. They weren't very litigious. But there, there were cases where they did go to court, but it was with corporations. It was, uh, you know, it was, it was not Jew versus Jew. Um, but I, I agree with Josh. The, the issue is, 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 they are very dedicated Dayanim. They are very smart Dayanim. They are brilliant Dayanim. They are they are big Talmid Chachamim, and they're very dedicated to their to their trade. The problem is that if if you've ever been in litigation, there's reams and reams of documents. Judges have to spend hours, dozens of hours, if not hundreds of hours, to go through the various issues. These Talmid Chachamim, these Dayanim, they don't have the time to do that. They just won't. And uh, and that's a big problem too, because they never really get to understand the issues properly. 
they immediately default to uh, Torah principles, which is very good. They should, but they're missing so much of the detail that they can't possibly um, render a, you know, a decision that people will accept. For instance, if you're in court and you take somebody to, as Harry will know, you can get a, a, an order that is 100 pages long, which carefully, methodically articulates all of the issues. Literally, it it's really is a fascinating document to read. You're not going to get that from a basin. You may get two pages. So, you know, it's very tempting to, to go to court. But, you know, like you said, Rabbi Karolinsky, taking another Jew to court is like eating chazotresh. And, without, and without permission from Bazin. I mean, so I mean, one of the things I think I came up for us a little bit is that if you do go to Bazin and you explain to Bazin how I mean, no, I'm gonna play this out of frame in your situation. Can you imagine going to a, the Bazin, the Dayanim, with your reams and reams of paper and say, look, the only way we can clarify who's right is by understanding all of the details. And the Dayan looks at that and says, Okay, you have permission to go to secular court. Could you imagine such a situation? Yeah, yeah, no, I think I think that would be a good way to resolve the issue, which is don't let the the, the contenders go off on their own. Have them come to Bezdin to get what's it called in the court system where you're you get relief uh, and you're able to go to another court or you're able to appeal. There's all kinds of things. So if 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 we can perfect the communication to say Two Jews that have an issue that is more complicated than they are prepared to bring to a based in, then fine, but go to a based in and get relief. Get based in to say you're right. I think that's an in-between, Josh. I think that's an in-between step that most people would tolerate. Frankly, I hadn't heard of that until you mentioned it in the year a week or two ago, whenever it was. So I think that's a good compromise if people have to go to based in to get permission to go to and can you write in the contract from the beginning a clause that says if we have a dispute we're going to go to such and such a base dean and ask them to rule on whether we can go to secular court yeah yeah i think it's a great idea um wait so um what about it? let me go to the other side now so you're coming in with you know this much paper okay and you know the diana are looking at that and they're rolling their eyes and they're going to ask each side, the lawyer, please summarize for us in all of these documents, what is your claim and what is your claim? W wouldn't that work? I don't, I don't know if it would work. I, I think, uh, I, I think the judge, the, the lawyers would be happy to summarize the claims, but, uh, It's a lot of work for the Dayanin to really understand the issues. Well, no, what, no, no, wait, I'm going from the other side for a minute. I mean, isn't that the job of the lawyers to communicate? Basically, they're making arguments and that we're relying on the if, if, if they're making arguments. They got to agree what it says in the documents. You know, isn't isn't there an agreement? Don't we have right? Harry, you'll help me. Right? Isn't there? We stipulate that the documents say whatever the X, Y, Z. Okay, and now because that's what when they if the Dayanim have to read the documents, they got to know what it says in the documents. So let the lawyer summarize for the Dayanim. Here's what it says in the documents. Now give us a psak. Why can't that work? 
as Mr. Reifman was saying, you sometimes have documents that are so lengthy and the dispute is so um, specific and so subtle that uh, the only way to go through it is to actually go through and take a look. And what and any time it's very interesting. What, what we'll see often in litigation, particularly on complicated cases, was one of my favorite things about lawyering is the plaintiff will prepare what's called a statement of facts. That's what it's called, a statement of facts. The defendant will prepare something called a counter statement of facts. Now, you'll read both and say, are they, did they both watch the, the, the different movies? They're, they're supposed to be facts. So asking lawyers to, to uh, synthesize or summarize what the documents say you're, the base is going to end up with something that I think they both read different documents. Ah, uh, okay. So you're saying my you're saying my solution isn't going to work. It, it, it could in, in in a certain case, but it could also depending depending when you're talking about a case with, where the documents are that voluminous and each different interaction and each different word and each different clause is is tied together. It's very difficult to do that without getting in and looking at the uh, at the evidence. Josh, what? Yeah, Josh. Yeah, I guess what one potential problem that I see if I add this all together is that a based in being aware that there is as a default position the isser arcaos might say, well, even if they're wrong, they, they might say, we, you know, no, we're not going to release this to a court because we're perfectly capable of understanding this thing. Tell us what it says. And, and they might actually be more inclined to keep things within the family, so to speak, and not say, you know what, you're right, they're probably better at this. There, there may be a strong desire to say, no, 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 well, you know, we, we got it, we can handle this, you're here. And to not release things to secular court very quickly. Because... I'm, hearing, I'm hearing two different issues here, and I want to bring it to something that I heard from somebody, which is quite compelling when you think about it. So there, there's an issue of whether they're going to spend the time to understand the complexities of the documents, and then their ability to analyze it and reach a good conclusion. Well, one of the things that I heard from more than one person in discussing is, hey, come on, do you think, and maybe Harry will verify this as a, his experience, oh, come on, you think that judge in Wisconsin, he's able to understand the stuff better than the Talmide Chachamim who are sitting as Dayanim? Well, the, the point that was raised was, was, was not any... Um, knock on the ability of the Dayanam. I, I am at least as impressed, I'm sure more impressed by the Dayanam and the, the depth and breadth of their knowledge than by most judges. Um, on the other hand, I, I did get a chance to sit in. Uh, we, we've had three cases go to the Supreme Court of the U.S. and I got to sit in on the argument on one of them and it was unbelievably impressive, the, the level of, of, uh, of knowledge and mental dexterity of those justices. But it's not a knock on the, on the Bayesian's ability it's again, as Mr. Reichman pointed out, it's that it's an either an unwillingness or an inability to put in the amount of time that is required when in 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 a very sophisticated business dispute. So that's a, that's a question of time. That's a question. I agree. In other words, if if it's good, I, I could see why, but they didn't say, wait a minute, we, we're not going to be able to spend two months like right. a judge might have to do. Spend okay, we're going to spend a month reviewing all the documents, and then we'll hear arguments. The Bhutti didn't are not built for that. Right. There are trials that can last weeks into months. Months. By the way, do you prefer a jury trial or a judge trial? So with in with rare exceptions, we like jury trials. 
But that's not because you think that they're going to reach a more logical, compelling verdict, is it? Well, let's just say that um, when Rashi tells us that what Sedek Sedek Tirdov means, and he says it means Halach Achar Bezdin Yafa, meaning go to the judge who's going to get it right. So I always smile when I get to that Rashi because that's our aim in Halacha. Chas I don't want to get the wrong decision. But when I'm hired by a client, I'm, I'm going Halach Achar Bezdin that has the jurors that are most likely to award a gigantic amount of money to my clients. Because that's what I was hired to do. So um, it's a it's a very big difference when 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 our aim is truth, which is what Basin's after versus resolution, which is what the secular courts are after. But that really only works because you're going after a secular, a non-Jewish corporation insurance company. I'm going after an insurance company. That's right. If I was going after a Yid, then, I, then I'm then I'm in, then I can't do it and and realize that I've been in this situation many, many times. And the most common situation is where you have a Yid who is a high net worth individual who is dramatically underinsured and negligently causes a very serious injury and there just isn't enough insurance. And they would have plenty of money. And if they weren't Jewish, I would go after the personal assets. I've done it. I don't love to do it, but I've done you, it already. Elaborate on that. You mentioned this to me. I want, I want everybody okay. to hear. So, 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 so I'll, give you, I'll give you two different examples, okay? Two, two different cases. So we'll see the two, the two polar extremes. I had a case recently, within the last couple of years, uh, a from woman is making a left turn, middle of the day. I don't know what she's looking at or not looking at. Uh, maybe she's looking at her radio or, or it weighs. And she runs over a pedestrian who's crossing the street clearly with the right of way and um, fractures both her legs. Each leg requires multiple surgeries. Horrific case. It's a what we would call a, uh, a case that involves commas, meaning that there's more than one comma in the number or, or what we would call a seven figure case. Right. So and I apologize for that jargon. It's just, you know, it's what we uh, that's what we call it for shorthand. It's a, it's a million dollar case. It might be a two million dollar case. And the woman driving um, was uh, married to a fellow who's very successful and they had a two hundred fifty thousand dollar policy. He should have had a an umbrella policy on top of that for at least a million or two million dollars. And he didn't. And he had plenty of available attachable assets. And I explained to the woman at the very outset. As soon as I found out that there was only $250,000 to my shock and consternation, that that was the maximum I was going to be able to recover for her. There was no way that I was going to go after his personal assets, nor would I even threaten legal action in order to go after his personal assets. Because my relative is adamant about that, that not only can I not pursue them in secular court, I can't even use the threat of a lawsuit to go with those personal assets. And that case settled for $250,000. Um, in contrast, we had another it's case not, where that, it, was because, that was because it was a Jew versus a Jew, Jew versus a Jew. So I couldn't go. I was limited. So the same way that I'm 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 allowed to go into sector of the court to go after the insurance company. But odd con, I can Wait, go why, up to the, the why, last dollar of the insurance proceeds. Well, why couldn't no you further. get to Bayston and get a Bayston sock on his personal assets? So so um, the, the the problem is this. I, I have a catch 22. If I go to Bayesden, as we pointed out beforehand, the insurance company is not going to be Goris that. So if I go to Bayesden and then Bayesden awards, let's say $500,000, the insurance company is going to say, well, what is that? We're not, we're not paying based on that. So you might say, well, why don't you take the 250 from the insurance company and then go after him in Bayesden? The problem with that is that no self-respecting insurance company is going to give me the $250,000 unless I sign a release that I'm releasing all claims. They're not going to let me, they're not going to leave their client naked and allow me to pursue further quit. So the base would say to me, listen, this is up to you. You want the 250, you're releasing him entirely. You don't want the 250, go after him in, in basin. So, so I, 
but but if he's but if it was at a million dollar damage and the guy mm -hmm. has millions of dollars, why won't you? Yeah, ignore the insurance company. So, go after the guy right. in Basin and make him pay a million dollars. And the okay. fact that so, his insurance okay. so, company, that's his problem. Right. So so there it's a that's a that's a fascinating question. And I'll tell you a few things. Number one. It's never easy, even though the person has assets that are presumably attachable, it's never easy to, to collect someone's personal assets. You have to go to trial, you have to get a verdict, you have to then I'd have to hire a collection counsel to go find those assets and who knows where they might be squirreled away by that time. It's not something that I'm interested in doing. Um, I've done it, as I said before, but the only time I've ever done it is via the threat of the lawsuit, wherein I say to the insurance company, that's why I wanted, let me throw the other case up on the blackboard, you can see the yeah. difference. So we had a case where a, where a, a couple, not Jewish, um, they're heading out at 9 a.m., beautiful Saturday morning, heading to their their um, their their uh, summer uh, vacation home. And a 19-year-old kid who had gotten drunk the night before, out late, um, goes over the double yellow line, hits them head on. The wife is killed and the husband is in the hospital for about a year. Unbelievably serious injuries. Uh, the kid was driving his mother's car, $500,000 policy. And I said from the outset, I told the insurance company, I'm not selling this case for $500,000. I did my research. I see that the mother has a, had just sold a condo in Manhattan a, a, a year or two ago for a significant sum, and she's going to have to pay out of her personal assets. So there, and I filed a lawsuit. I didn't just threaten a lawsuit. I filed a lawsuit. And after a couple of years worth of, we'll never pay you a dollar out of her personal assets, she paid some significant sums out of her personal assets because there I was able to use the lawsuit to as leverage to get those assets. Um, I would not have wanted to be in a situation where I'm going to be in a Bayes and I'm going to give up the $250,000, which I can get easily in the hope that Bayes going to award more and I'm going to be able to collect it. For me, that's it's fool's gold. Maybe, I don't know, would I have been more successful? Also realize that what I'm doing to the other person is, I don't know that I'm, what I'm now doing is is in a sense an, an avla to the extent that he's going to say, what, what do you mean? The first 250 I would have been able to get from the insurance company. How can you do this to me? Now I'm going to, Bayes going to go say, go pay 300 and I'm going to have to pay 300 out of pocket because the insurance company is not going to reimburse me in all, in all likelihood. And then the last issue is that I'm not at all comfortable when I tell you that that's a million dollar case. I don't know if it's a million dollar case in front of Bayesden. I don't know. Bayesden judges these things differently and I'm not Italian. I'd have to go sit with Italian to go suss out. Is it Bayesden going to award the same million dollars? Probably not. I don't know that they'd award because typically the types of, of awards that Bayesden is going to make are not as significant as the awards that a jury would make in a secular court. So for all of those reasons, it's not something that I would um, consider. Maybe somebody else would, not something that I would consider. It's a fascinating question. You know, would I would I ever uh, do that? I'd feel awful doing it, but it's a question I guess you have to think about. Yeah, Josh, what do you want to ask, Harry? I'm just wondering, Harry, would it be possible to threaten um, the uh, the defendant on this and say, if you don't settle for half a million dollars, right, and get 250 of that from your insurance company, I'm going to take you to Bayston and get the money all from you and bypass your insurance company so that he could potentially settle out with the insurance company and through that threat reach a point where he gets the uh, the assistance through the policy. I don't think he'd be able to settle out with the insurance company. I don't see how he could do that. What he could do is, in your instance, if if is he could say, listen, Tell the insurance company, I feel so bad about this. I am paying this woman out of my personal assets, so I want you to pay the 250. I'm adding another 250, and we're going to settle it that way. That the insurance company would go along with. So what you're asking is, you're saying, could I take what my Rob said, don't threaten a secular lawsuit, and instead threaten based in, I don't know, it's a great question. I never asked that. I don't know if the person would be scared enough about that. He'd probably have to do the same type of research. 
What's my, what's my uh, uh, potential liability? What am I looking at? What's my exposure if we go into Bayesden before deciding that? But that's a great question that I'm glad I did this because I'll ask my role that question the next time around. Can I threaten Bayesden in order to get the guy to pay more money than the, uh, the, it's, the opposite, it's the opposite of the normal right. question. The normal question, which yep. we're yeah, it's a great question. question we saw, can I threaten secular court right. to get the guy to settle? And Ravosha Weiss is very clear that if you threaten, it, it, you're certainly not allowed to take him to secular court. That's already a mm-hmm. violation. But he says to threaten secular court to get him to settle for what he's not Chayv Alpidin is Gezel. In other right. words, you're, you're, right. you're, you're, so, so in your case, if, if you're going to get him to settle for half a million dollars, but Basin wouldn't have awarded him a half right. a million dollars, right. you may not be allowed to do that. I, I, it sounds like I definitely can't do that, which means I really would have to get a handle. I'd have to do some sort of like get a, an off base and do some sort of mock here. Look at the medical records. Look at the liability. Give me some range as to what you would award before I can even consider doing that. Right. Right. OK. Um, so I want to I want to go back to the medical malpractice. Because that's a little more complicated because there is a din that we, that there's a, there's a din al pidin Torah that there's a takana, even though we hold otamu adla olam, bain on is bain rosin, bain er, bain yoshain, otamu adla olam, but they made a takana of dispensation against, against authorized doctors who caused damage, bishogay. Otherwise, the reason because otherwise nobody, doctors wouldn't practice medicine because they would be afraid that if they make a mistake, they're going to get hit with a huge lawsuit. There'll be huge damages. Therefore, there's a takana to insulate doctors from taina of, of shogi. Okay. Does that takana survive the existence of insurance? Obviously, when that takana was made, the doctors were operating with no parachute because they might have to be, they might be personally responsible. Now they have insurance. They don't have that worry anymore. Again, so here we go. We go back to the other issue, but I've got to get to the insurance company through the doctor, and I'll yep. peek in the doctor. I'll peek in the doctor is high of zero. Okay, I'll peek in. I think I mentioned to you the case that we had from 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 Yitzchak Zilberstein about the doctor who who um, who failed to uh, to do a cesarean. The doctor failed to do a cesarean. We, we saw this. We got all of us saw it in the tabura. The doctor failed to do the cesarean. And the child was born deformed. So I think one of the, I was talking to Josh Penn about it. He says, wait a minute. The first thing the plaintiff would have to prove is that had the doctor done a cesarean, the defo- the baby would have been born normal. Okay. Which uh, is not so simple, apparently. On the other hand, he said, that's absolute malpractice. Whenever a baby is in distress, the first thing you do is cesarean. And the fact that the doctor said, well, the baby's not going to last anyway. I don't want to do an outbreak. No, he said, a baby's in distress, automatic, do cesarean. And any doctor who doesn't do cesarean when the baby's in distress, that's already pshia. Those are the comments from a doctor. But, but, but what, what would the, you know, where would the halacha come in if, if it was taka a shogig, a pure shogig? Okay. What would, where, and, and therefore, I'll be, the doctor's 100% putter. So what, what, when I hear shogeg, I, to me, that's negligence, which means the doctor did something wrong. It wasn't, it's not, it's not onus. It's, it's shogeg. The doctor was, uh, was Boshea. So he was negligent. And I do think it's similar that the doctors understand that there's the same regime. The doctor is paid in this instance, a f- small fortune for his insurance. The reason the insurance is so expensive 
is that in that particular field, obstetrics and gynecology, it's probably, it may well be the most significant premiums that exist for doctors because so many things can go wrong. And when they go wrong, they tend to go horribly wrong. Um, and the most common type of case is exactly the one we're talking about. Fetal distress. Look, you could see on the strips. Look, distress, 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 distress. What was the nurse doing? What was the doctor doing? That baby should have come out by a C-section earlier. And now it has a, um, a, a, a an injury due to um, oxygen deprivation. It's the most common type of obstetrics uh, malpractice. So the doctor has understood that when he is practicing, he gets it that if he makes that specific mistake, he's and, and is negligent and makes that mistake specific mistake. He's going to face liability. He's paid in his insurance premiums. The insurance company understands they are ready. The second, here's one thing that I also want to point out just to put on the blackboard. The second that happened, what the Rolf just described, there was a baby was in distress. The doctor didn't do the C-section. The baby was born horribly uh, deformed or, or developmentally delayed, et cetera. The second that happens, the doctor reports it, the insurance company not only opens a file, the insurance company creates a reserve on that case. It literally puts an amount of money on that case that is that it is expecting to pay. That's that's out there. It's like a fact on the ground. The insurance company has put on its books. Wait, doctor, what happened? Baby, distress, didn't do C-section. What's the situation now? Hypoxic injury, brain damage. Okay, the only question is, is it a million? Is it two million? Is it three million? Is it a full policy? So they're, they're ready, willing, and able. They understand, and the doctor understood when he started practice, that there is liability for this type of thing. So I think it would be, I don't see why that's any different with respect to Dina the Mahus Adina, that that is what is the the, the, the law that governs the the uh, delivery of babies in the but, United States. But what if it was an onus case? Because again, Alpit Din, when a person causes a hezek, the onus, they're chayev. So let's assume that the dispensation, I had, we didn't go into the sugya of the dispensation for doctors carefully. It was just mentioned Derek Agav by Rav Zilberstein. But let's assume for a moment it was onus. So I'll peed in, the doctor is not high of anything. But you're saying that um, you're still allowed to go after the doctor because of the insurance policy. I, yeah, but I won't win. There's no strict liability in that instance. If it was an onus, the doctor can show that this was a situation completely beyond my control. You know, for example, the doctor's able to prove through his medical experts, the problem the baby's having is due to some congenital defect. It's got nothing to do with, it's not, a, it's not an oxygen deprivation injury. The baby was born with, with, uh, with, with NF1, with, also, with some sort of other diagnosis, and that's what's causing the delays. I didn't do anything wrong. Or what happened was because the, I don't know, that we were going to do the C, make up a crazy case, we were going to do the C-section, but the electricity went off in the hospital. And the reason the electricity went off is because there was a, there was a hurricane. Like it was an act of God. I'm completely onus. I'm not going to win that case. I need to show negligence in order to win the case. The fact that, that there's a bad outcome doesn't automatically mean that the plaintiff's going to win. I reject cases all day long with bad outcomes. It's a risk of the procedure. Somebody had a, had an operation and it didn't go that well. There was a, there was, a, you know, I don't know, you can and name 10 different things that could be a risk of the procedure. And there's no case because the doctor didn't do anything wrong. It was within, he, the doctor did not do anything wrong within a reasonable degree of medical certainty. I have to be able to prove negligence in order to win a medical malpractice case. It's a high bar, much higher bar than in other cases. So just one comment that came up in this case of, that Rev Zilusi was dealing with, if the doctor could show or at least create reasonable doubt that the problems that the baby was born with would have happened whether there was a C-section or the natural birth that actually happened, would that get him off the hook? Yes. What would happen is, is that, and it would flip in terms of the burden of proof, the plaintiff would have the initial burden of proof to show that based on the fetal distress, the baby should have been taken out by C-section and wasn't. 
So now the plaintiff has met his or her burden to show that there was a departure to a reasonable degree of medical certainty from what should have been done medically. Now it flips. Now the doctor can defend by saying, okay, let's say you're right. Arguendo to use the the, the legal term. Let's say you're right. And let's say I should have done C-section, but I can show you based on A, B, and C that even if I had done it, there wouldn't have been any difference. Then the doctor wins because you have to show that, that, that but for the doctor's negligence, we would not have had this outcome. So I've only met half my burden, but I, I've shown that the C-section should have been done, but now he's successfully defended, showing that even if he had done the C-section, it wouldn't have made a difference. So here's where the halacha comes in very interesting, is that what happened is what the doctor didn't do. Okay, so that's much less of a mechaev than right. what the doctor did do. Alpi did, what the doctor didn't do is... It can't be worse than a grumble. Mm-hmm. Whereas you're telling me in, 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 in medical malpractice, that would be malpractice because you didn't. No difference. Right. Right. You're right, supposed right, to. Right, so again, so right, here we come into the question where in Bayesden, there is no way the doctor would have been high of anything. And by, and so I, by the same, I would be, I think, the same answer that Dina Demachus Dina, he understood and agreed to the. the it's not rules of the road, but the rules of practice governing doctors that with that when you are practicing um, medicine in the United States, there is no difference between a sin of omission or a sin of commission. Whether it's something you did or you didn't do but should have done, you're going to face liability. And he now, accepted that. Here's, okay, this, is, this is they gave him a license, by the way. They gave him a license on that condition. That's right. That's how he's allowed to even practice. So does the Bayesian recognize that? Meaning, let's say it would have gone to Bayesian. Okay, it would have gone to Bayesian. question. Take the insurance company out of it. We're dealing with a multimillionaire. Okay, da, da, whatever. I'm going to take the guy to Bayesian. And I'm going to say there was an act of omission. And because of that, I was damaged. Will the Bayesian Paskin, okay, you got to pay? I'd love to think so. He's going to have to admit if there's to the extent there's any cross-examination in Bayesden that he understood while he was practicing that he had an obligation to take a child out when there's field distress. He has to admit that. There's no way that he could say, no, I, I never felt that, that was any obligation. I, that I, could just, I, that I was free to ignore fetal distress. Again, so that's not going to make him 100%. But it's not because it's grown. So you're, but you're saying that because of the Again, I'm, I, this, by bringing in Dina Demachus or Dina here, it's a little bit not the way. I'm wondering, you know, like, I don't quite get the, I'm not connecting the dots with this Dina Demachus well, Dina argument. Well, because, because he understood that part of his, when he, when he took his, his whatever oath he took as a doctor, he took on the responsibility and the attendant liability, if he didn't fulfill that responsibility, to act in situations that require him to act. He absolutely understood that. He and can't that's say that, well, him- is that Machayavim and Din? Your, your Rabbanim will I, say that's Machayavim and Din Torah. So look, I, I was wait, a kid. Wait, even if, even, uh, even, if, even if that was the deal between him and the patient, like the patient only went to him because he has undertaken those obligations and he holds himself as a licensed expert holding a license in obstetrics from the state of New York. It's up and current and everything. And, and that, that whole regime that the patient that's his relationship with the patient. Why isn't that Chayv Alpidin not Alts Dinin Nazikin, but 
but as, as the form of a deal with the people the two guys made between themselves of what their uh you know uh, you want to what, what their relationship a, was you want to it's a contractual obligation based on yeah. the medical practice yeah. it's a contractual obligation whenever i go to a doctor it's an unstated contractual obligation that you're going to behave in a certain way and if you don't you are liable xyz uh, unless you go to a guy who's not a licensed doctor, but you know that because he's not allowed to hold himself out as a doctor. And what do you say, Harry? That, that, uh, that's I, 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 it's that, yeah, I love that argument from my esteemed co-counsel and uh, <laughs> looking forward to working together in the future. And to me, it sounds it's an it's an it's a contract that's absolutely implied from the relationship between them. There, imagine asking a mother, you know, by the way, you understand that this particular doctor he has said he's on record that he is not responsible. You know, if he, if he actively does something wrong, then he faces liability. But if he's supposed to act and doesn't, for example, is your baby's in fetal distress and he doesn't do anything about it. He is not liable. <laughs> he, that's the end of his practice. The end. Goodbye, patience. Uh, OK, very good. Anybody else have any other questions following up on what we've been talking about? Well, if, if I can just throw in something else totally on a totally different uh, angle of this whole thing. Um, and here I want to expand on something that I started to talk about uh, a few sessions ago when, when we talked about what ha what what practically happens in a basting uh, with, with the complexity of modern litigation. Uh, and this goes, in my opinion, to the problem of the the halakhic the halakhic system the based in being a um uh, a shita of mishpat which which is uh that it's an inquisitorial system and not an adversary system all of the all of the modern uh well actually I shouldn't say all but most almost all of the modern legal systems are adversary systems which means that the two litigants come to court they argue their case before a judge, not necessarily with or with a lawyer. It might be without a lawyer, even without lawyers, even in small claims court. That's also an adversary proceeding. But the belief is the the, the underlying belief of the system is is that with each party putting his best foot forward and presenting it to a judge who will analyze and listen to the parties, the truth will come out that weaknesses or hidden arguments of one party will be exposed by the adversary party. Uh, the the, the Basin really is an inquisitorial system, which also would still exist. I, I believe in, 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 in France, the legal system is still inquisitorial, whereas it's the judge is investigating. The judge is investigating and the parties are only there to help him reach his decision, but not to lead him along and not to, and not and through the adversarial proceeding per se, the truth won't necessarily uh, come out. Now, I I I I mentioned this when I talked about this uh, if, whenever that was I guess about two weeks ago, is that in my opinion, from thirty years uh, experience as a litigator, is that today's material is much much too complex. It's much too complex to leave it to the inquisitorial. Uh, uh, system of of a, of a dying sitting in the basin and saying, okay, you lawyers or you litigants, you have your own you know agenda, and you're gonna you're going to color the truth, and therefore I'm running the show. I'm going to ask what I want to ask. 
you answer my questions and I will come to the truth based upon that. Uh, my my experience as a lawyer is that that's a very, very dangerous uh, way to run things in, in, in modern times. And I, and I gave the example that, that that system works to the detriment of uneducated and simple litigants who don't know how to help with their best foot forward. It's not because they 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 don't know how to lie, lie or they don't know how to lie. They just don't know what's what what's 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 an important argument. What's a good argument? I I, I gave the example of so many times I I have to do discovery and I tell my clients, okay, give me all the documents that you have that are relevant to this case. And I go through everything he gives me. And he can give me hundreds of pages of paper. And I said, is that everything? You Don't you have something like this? Don't you have something like that? And he goes back and says, oh, yeah, yeah. And then he brings me other documents. And I said, this is this is going to win your case. Why didn't you give me this document? And he said, that? I never thought that was relevant. Why should that be relevant? So even, even in his, even in Batumo, he didn't understand what's important and what's not important. Let, let here, Harry, okay, I, I want to just, if I want to add one thing, we don't have too much time. Harry, Harry has a hard stop. I want to give Harry the background of where Pidichas is coming from. That We had a discussion where Reversal Schechter in the RCA Basin, he does not allow Tawani. Are you aware of that? No, I'm not aware of that. He, his, his argument is like this. This is what Pidichas is refuting. His argument is, look, what is a towing going to do? He's going to tell me the facts. I want to hear the facts from the litigants. Okay, what is he going to do? He's going to tell me the halacha. I know halacha better than him. So what do we need a towing for? I want to hear from the litigants. I'll ask the questions, and then I know what the halacha is. And Pinchas was responding to that, that, uh, you know, that, you that was Pinchas' response. And I see Harry is smiling in both directions. You right? cannot, you've you've you apparently had cases, you apparently had cases where, the, um, where your client didn't, didn't think to bring you in a document that was super important. You can't rely upon the clients, and you can't you can't rely upon the judge to 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 really bring out everything. That's that's the beauty. That's one of the positive aspects. I mean, we all know the ugly things of the adversarial system, but one of the one of the most important aspects of the adversarial system is that is that a lawyer can ferret out and can 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 take an and it might be a factual argument, and it also might be a legal argument. He can take it down a road that nobody else thought of, and he can bring out a point of truth. That the, what the heck in a, in, a, in a complex commercial litigation like the con giant construction defect litigation cases I used to work on in Los Angeles, no client has even read all the documents. Like it's he can't read them. It's a yeah. room full of documents. Some lawyer I, or his paralegals are the ones who actually read through all this stuff. I, I suspect Rav Schechter is dealing with much lower level of, you know, denatoric complexities. My, uh, my, but, see, my, right, my, but, contention, my contention is, is, that, is that if all of us, meaning us, the from people, and the Dayanim, the Bate Din, want Jews to bring all of their disputes before them, they have to be more open to the idea that there's stuff that you can't understand on your own and that you have to let the litigants, you have to be more liberal in allowing the litigants to uh, to to present things and that and that not everything a judge is going to be able to understand on his own. There's good, there are things that have to be, and, and that and lawyers can do a real service. They really can truly be officers of the court to try and help put 
the client's best foot forward without lying and without uh, deceiving, but bringing his his his, his arguments forward. Now I want to I want to wait just a minute. I'm sorry, Harry has a hard stop at twelve. I promised him a hard stop. Yeah, I I, I will just yeah. I want to just make one point about that. Even on the what we would call the lower level things, and and look, I I'm an, an incredible fan of Hershel Schachter, and I wouldn't want to disagree. But the point that that I like that 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 uh, Reb Pinchas is making is that even on something very simple. The, the word choice can make an enormous difference. And I see this often where a client will start telling a story and I'll stop them. And I'll say, one second, you mentioned running. Were you running across the street? No, I was walking across the street. Well, you said you were running. Well, it was just an expression. So, well, you understand that that case can be won or lost based on whether you were running across the street or whether you were walking across the street. Classic so even example. Now, now, right now, 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 if the client says, well, I was running, I'm not going to tell the client, say you were walking. I'm not going to put it, never going to tell a client to change the truth. But sometimes the client just uses the wrong word in their mind that, what do you mean? What's the difference? I just make the expression like I was running to the, you know, I had this once where the, the defense was at a 93 year old client and he testified, you know, after a whole lot of going through, he says, you know, I was, I was running. And the adjuster said, we, he was running. I said, He's 93. For sure, he wasn't. Even if he was running, how fast did he was going? So it makes a difference. Word choice, real language, makes a very big difference. But Ephraim, I wanted to get Ephraim wanted to add something before before Harry goes. No, no Rashai, you and I <clears throat> spent uh, the better part of a year searching through all kinds of studios, looking for areas where secular law and uh, halacha differed, and I think we found one, and that is. The, the the halacha as it regards to inaction versus action is different uh, in halacha and secular law, and it's a very very serious difference. Inaction in secular law. I'm not a lawyer, but I understand it. In secular law, inaction is as crucial as action, and yet the coin to halacha you're saying inaction is is a non-event. It's well, it's not judiciable in court. It's left to God. That's Groma Ben Ezekin Potter. However, we do get into the gray area, and you know, maybe Josh, Josh wants me to do the sugya, I'm afraid, because it's such a complicated sugya, that we get into the gray area called Garmi, where it's not direct action, but it's really not Groma. It's more, it's more active than Groma, but it's not direct action. Okay, but Ephraim is right. In pure Groma, in, in secular law, Harry will tell, right, the inaction, is as judiciable and as liable as action. Whereas in halacha, grama bin Ezekiel Potter, if something happened because of my failure to act, it's not judiciable in court. Yeah, we have all sorts of cases where there was a, where we showed there was a duty and there was a breach of that duty. You had an obligation to act and you didn't, you're liable. Well, yeah, no, it, it depends whether it was a contractual obligation or just, a, 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 you know, you, you, you have an obligation to watch where you're going when you're walking down the street. Okay, that's not a contractual obligation. Okay, but there's a difference whether my inaction was a violation of my contractual obligation, or whether it was a violation of the global, uh, uh, you know, requirement to be careful about something. That, that that is a difference. If you have a contractual obligation and you violate it, so then we get into the question of right. You know, you hired a band and they didn't show up. Okay, when you could right. So what what is their liability and what is your responsibility? That's that's the that's where I think the halacha may differ a little bit from secular law. Anyway, okay. I, okay. I thank Harry very much for spending his very valuable time. I hope that this has helped flesh things out. Um, we will. Thank you.
Yeah, and we will get together on Wednesday. I sent you two documents. We're going to review those documents pretty well. I think that may cover pretty much everything. If you have any specific questions you still want to talk about, we'll do it on Wednesday. But try to have a look at the two documents that I sent you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Okay, everybody. Bye,